Welcome to Night Cheese. This is Steven. And I'm Tim. And I'm Jared. And we'd like to welcome you to this week's episode entitled Oceans 11 Days Later. Uh, we uh, are a little late ourselves. Um, you'll probably hear a little bit of sniffling, some stifled coughs. Uh, we, we, we live in three not just different zip codes, but three completely almost different regions, uh, of, um, of the Southeast. And, uh, at least two of us are, are battling something. Uh, Tim <laughs> hasn't said enough words yet for us to find out if he's <laughs> coughing or sniffling yet. So, but Jared and I have already been down for the count. So, um, we're going to be battling our way through this. We were already a little delayed cause I was really hit, uh, with some sickness last week. And so we, sorry, we didn't get to you on time, but, uh, that's, that one's, pretty much on me. Uh, tonight we are going to dive into, um, both, a th- it's the, it had a theatrical release, right? Yeah. Isn't it? In, uh, in, yeah. It had a, or, or a limited, limited, a limited, I think like 600 theaters or something. Okay. A limited theatrical, but mostly Netflix release of Zack Snyder's newest film, um, army of the dead, um, which is now available on Netflix. Um, boy, Zack Snyder, Really, like, I, I think this puts well, – we're, we're going to put the goodwill that he earned from Zack Snyder's Justice League to the test uh, tonight and find <laughs> out which Zack we really have now. Um, oh, I'll say this. I, I, I will not be trying – I would really be doing my best not to take, like, any, you know, cheap shots at Zack because, um, obviously, he see, he seems a decent fellow for, for all the all – the, he certainly seems better than Joss Whedon, anyway, um, in more ways than one, um, as we're starting to learn. So um, – but Zack does have his style, and boy, oh, boy, do we see his style again. Um, I, as a matter of fact – Zack Snyder might have top billing on this movie above Batista with the way his fingerprints are all over it. So um, I will say currently uh, it is it is a favorably received film. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a 70 percent. So I want to I just want to point out I just want to point out a few a month ago or so we we served up three movies that were rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. uh, Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson, Robin Williams, and Dustin Hoffman's Hook, a Steven Spielberg film, and uh, and granted, a Sylvester Stallone comedy. So, you know, two out of three still ain't bad. But all three of those rating significantly less than Army of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and the credit and the user rating, which typically is going to be higher in almost in almost any case, we we find is uh, is higher at seventy six percent. IMDb gives it a six point one. Um, has a very large cast, so you know this is a zombie heist film. If in case you couldn't tell from our episode title, um, the the really short version is you know a, a casino owner hires uh, a ragtag group of misfits to infiltrate a zombie infested Las Vegas to steal. Like was it two hundred million dollars, um, and 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 get, to get into his safe, and then and and, uh, and and then everything ensues. Well, there. and and then we find out that it's an actual zombie heist film. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it has an, <laughs> it is an actual zombie heist film as a zombie head apparently is the MacGuffin. So um, it's it's a uh, it's all kinds of weird things. So. Um, Tim, I'm going to put you on the spot because you told me, if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. did your wife watch this movie with you? She did. I, I need to catch my breath, so I want you to just tell that story. Yeah. How did so that How did I, that go? I think, you know, when, when we were watching, so I guess it, around the time, maybe last, 
I guess maybe the the day that it released or the day after, we were just kind of like, that that was another long week, you know, just we were all busy, things have been crazy, and I think we were ready for just something where we didn't really have to like do a lot of thinking, really didn't have to concentrate, yeah, like there, that we wouldn't have to like commit like a lot of brain power to, and I was like, you know, zombies, hi, I mean, I, I enjoy those genres, but it's not like you're not like, you know, I don't know, doing gymnastics to to kind of keep up with things we thought you know let's i and honestly i knew i needed to watch it anyways because we, i knew we were going to talk about it and so i just kind of threw it out there like, oh this you know this one came out and usually it's like stuff like that it's kind of a hard pass but beth was like no i think i'm in my mind i think I'm, I'm i'm there right now i can do that just something kind of mindless let's go for it and <laughs> i don't remember how how soon into the movie i was apologizing <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh beth i'm sorry we really i was, was like was it before the title card oh maybe i don't know maybe i was giving a little bit of grace yeah like i was like but i do remember this point i would pause it like every five minutes like you know are you we can we can stop you know we don't you know like you know, we don't have to put you through this and she kept no no let's keep going and so we watched the whole movie ah man you, you went from thinking that there wouldn't be mental gymnastics involved to then like scoring a, a perfect 10 floor routine. Yeah, it's the Simone Biles of mental gymnastics <laughs> yeah. movies. Um, oh, the, seriously. Oh, my goodness. And that leads into a question, Jared. I'd like for you to lead off one. You know, Tim mentions mindless fun, right? Yeah. Um, I'm of the opinion that mindless fun definitely has a place in, in entertainment consumption. But is is it too much to ask for the viewer to have mindless fun that still makes sense right or is it okay to be critical of mindless fun that doesn't really seem to be following through on the proverbial swing right right well and and that was my point with with what i just said there is i think there's a point where i, I mean you go into a, like say a fast and furious movie knowing the rules of gravity don't apply yeah. And um, Vin Diesel's character can outpunch a special forces agent. It doesn't matter. So you, you, you just, I mean, you've seen enough of those movies that you know that there are some basic ground rules for that. Um, but there's, there's a point where, you know, when you're, when you're looking for mindless fun, where it gets so mindless that then your brain starts to kick in trying to figure out how this could have possibly worked yeah. and we'll uh, <laughs> get into a lot. I, I mean, I'm not going to just give one because we would have to, you know, get into a dozen of them. Um, but you know, y you do have to sort of with mindless fun, you can sort of usually disengage your brain and enjoy it. But I mean, with, with this movie, it's best not to trouble yourself with what happened earlier in the movie or maybe even in the previous scene in order to enjoy the scene that you're currently yeah. in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or even yeah. the periphery of the scene that you're watching. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, um, I, I can be really gracious to mindless fun for any film that kind of plays by its own rules. Yeah. As long as it honors its own rules. You know, yeah. the Fast and Furious franchise is a great example. I think in the Mission Impossible franchise as well, um, that stuff is crazy, crazy town. Um, from from the 
first film in 95, 96, all the way up till now. But, you know, you know what you're getting with that, and it kind of stays faithful to it. The Another film I thought, and I think I'm just thinking about Cars, you know, when you're talking about Fast and Furious, is Gone in 60 Seconds. Like, that That movie's insane as well, and anything that has Nicolas Cage in it usually is to an extent. So you, 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 you can go along with that, you know. I actually, you want to talk about Vegas and heist movies? The I mean, the Ocean's Eleven series is, there's so, you know... It's it's not exactly what I picture when I say mindless fun, but it is very um, far fetched, you know, yeah. all, all the ideas yeah. and the coincidences and all that stuff. But when you execute it well, you don't care, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I wanted to care in this movie. Uh, well, I guess I came in neutral. Um, there, there there were places where I wanted to care, and then I was just like, wait, what, what? So, so let's get started. Um, it's, it's a huge cast. I'm not even really going to get into it very much. I just will point out that uh, Dave Batista, former WWE wrestler, now turned actor. Um, this is probably his one of his first leading roles. Um, he's he's done some some similar career trajectory to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like he's done some like kid friendly kind of action movies. He did. Um, was it something about a spy, like my spy or something like that with the, with a little girl, uh, which was cute. You know, um, he also did the sort of buddy comedy thing called Stuber, um, as well. But, but this is like his first probably like, you know, action set, you know, head of a head of an ensemble kind of thing. And, um, finding out too, that he actually turns down being in James Gunn's, um, suicide squad, uh, adaptation to take this film, um, which to be honest for everything we're about to say about this film, I think was the best decision. Um, because to he, be, did, did he say who he was going to play in suicide? Squad? No, that I never saw where that was released anywhere, but him standing alongside Idris Elba, John Cena, Margot Robbie, uh, everybody else in there. I know he would have gotten lost in the shuffle there. And, yeah. and you know, So we could go all the way back to Hulk Hogan and Suburban Commando and what was it? Tropic? No, not Tropic not Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Thunder, Thunder <laughs> in Paradise. Yeah. Right, yeah Thunder right. in Paradise. Yeah. Thunder in Paradise. Uh, for Man some muscles. <laughs> for some for some WWE um, Hollywood performances. Uh, but, you know, more recently we're talking about the rock we're talking about john cena and batista um you know john cena's okay as as an actor he seems to be nice in the fast and furious movies he's at least getting bigger roles i don't know if his acting's necessarily improving um i mean it's not terrible but um it's just i mean to me to me he just it, it's tough for me to not see john cena when i see yeah. john cena in a role um and with dwayne johnson He's very charismatic. Um, you know, he can carry movies, no problem. But again, the the range there is somewhat, e- either somewhat limited or at least I think he knows what movies are most bankable. And so sure. he just pursues those roles. He may he may have great range for all we know, but yeah. um, he, he goes for a certain type of movies. Whereas with, with Batista, he can 
play Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, he can uh, take on a you know more limited but more serious role like in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, so I do think he 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 has the best range and the best uh, potential to really come out of his career with the most well-rounded and serious resume, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think, I think it's so hard for me to call him Dwayne cause you know, no, I just want to say rock yeah. all the time cause, cause of wrestling, but, um, yeah. you know, Dwayne Johnson and John Cena, I, I think, and this is not a matter of disrespect to them, but I think, um, well, you know, like Johnson, he's, he's kind of got this eighties, nineties Schwarzenegger vibe. Like, he is he is in the big budget stuff. Um, he has a very I don't want to say confined, but but like I think I think he like you said he knows what's bankable and he's and I think he's it's as if he's operating by that standard and and he's not making any poor decisions by yeah. that. I remember um, when, they, when they had Rampage, they were going to kill. Sorry, sorry, spoilers for people who haven't yet seen Rampage <laughs> and are afraid of the plot being spoiled. But they were originally going to kill the giant ape at the end, and he was just like, "No, we're we're not doing it." And and I think that was a smart decision. I mean, he knows. I mean, people don't come to his movies to see the animal die at the end. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> stroked I, his mustache I think and said, "Doesn't work right. for me, brother." Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and Cena, Cena, I feel like, um, has his roles almost kind of built around him, if that makes sense. Um, kind of like how, you know, old Andre the Giant would have wrestling matches built around him. Like he has limitations, so you just work around the limitations. Um, and that's not to say that Cena's not gifted in his own ways and uh, won't at some point maybe branch out of that. But I feel like Batista's just different. Like, like, like uh, again, agreeing totally with what you said, but I feel like, I feel like he is chasing roles rather than roles being brought to him. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, maybe not every time, but I do see that he is more interested in becoming an actor rather than being just being a marketable actor. Like, yes. I think he'll I think he'll take it <laughs> if that happens. But for sure, right. who wouldn't? But um, but it, but it seems like he has a little bit of a more um, I'm willing to take chances with my roles for the betterment of my craft. Um, and he took a chance here. <laughs> looking at this script so um anyway uh I've, i'm just uh, hopefully this is just a litmus test for how he'll look in a, in a gears of war film or something like jared yeah that's he, he he said he turned down speaking of the fast and furious franchise he turned down a role and i wonder if it was the john cena role of like dom's yeah. brother he would look more like dom's brother he, than he, he would. would than cena would yeah uh so oh, he turned gosh. he turned down a fast and furious role um and, and then and then just an absolute boss move which i think didn't according to him didn't really you know seem to play that well is is like he just like kind of started pitching warner brothers on uh or i think it was warner brothers warner brothers maybe it's universal on um on uh on a gears of war movie which he would he would be perfect for that and i hope he gets it Um, fantastic but yeah we'll see 
You know, I'm just fan fictioning right now the idea of Batista being offered the John Cena role in Fast and Furious and Dave picks up his phone, calls Dwayne Johnson. It's like, really, what's it, what's it like working with Diesel? And Rock's just like, don't, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm locked in for like four movies, bro. Just, just, just go do something else. See, I, I, it's like you I, thought working Triple H was hard. <laughs> well, that was what I was picturing in my mind is like going back to the original. Now we're getting into wrestling references, but it's okay. The audience should probably be used to it now. Cool, but sorry. like the the evolution breakup where you oh, just, yeah. where, where but it's basically it's yeah, it's 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 Vin Diesel stepping in for Triple H and he just gives him, <laughs> gives him the thumbs down, power bombs him and then just walks off set. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm really glad <clears throat> Batista was a part of this movie because he was certainly the most consistent uh, area of, of good quality for yeah. it. Um, it's a, it's a deep um, it, it's it's a deep cast here. Um, I will say what two people in particular, I guess three that uh, I want to point out as as sorry. One, two, four, four people um, <laughs> that I'll point out. Five. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <clears throat> Amari Hardwick and uh, Matthias uh, Schweikoffer, uh, the characters Vanderhoe and Dieter, um, a pretty, pretty entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, unlikely bonded duo uh, yeah. in the film. Also, um, Theo Rossi, who uh, he played a character Cummings, who's a real, real scumbag. Um, the, the, border patrol agent guy or whatever. Um, I was kind of disappointed in how briefly he was really in the film and how he was utilized. Cause he was in the, uh, the Netflix Marvel series, Luke Cage and was yeah. excellent in, yeah. in that, uh, series. And so when I saw him, I was like, Oh great. Okay. I know that guy. And then I'm like, Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> did, did you guys ever watch, um, uh, sons of anarchy on FX? I never got into that. Okay. Uh, I did. I didn't. He, he was in that and had a really complex, really great, great role. Like really complex role. He was. He was awesome. I did yeah. see. I did see where he. I just saw an article headline today talking about how how badly he wanted to be in that series. That he auditioned for literally every single character, <laughs> I guess, or at least all the Whoa. male characters in, in that pilot or series or, or whatever to just to get into there. Yeah. It's funny. Well, he's like, since, since like he's had like these kind of like in Luke Cage and in this one, he's had kind of like these dirtbag villain roles, but in yeah. Sons of Anarchy, it was a much more complicated, like he wasn't a good guy, but he was very tender. Like it was, a, I kind of missed that. Like, I feel like since then he's only done these kind of like steely, like just he, Gringy, you know, cringy. I don't know. Just, I don't know. These are kind of villain roles, but well, not alone. But he was incredibly one-dimensional in this film. Yeah, yeah. Like less dimensions than some of the zombie characters, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that's very true. Yeah. And the last, and the last. I mean, somewhat of an MVP shout out or give out give out to is uh, Tignataro, who didn't interact with anybody. Like she was like a last minute reply like they literally yeah. cut chris delia out of the film yeah after life imitated art with one of his roles um and uh she was just dropped in yeah. like green screen and like so um a co- very convincing performance not to be interacting with anybody in yeah. the film so and i feel like she was sort of like of the kind of less you know one like she was to me a lot of fun and i really enjoyed her 
I was glad she was in that role. And apparently, uh, it's, it took like millions of dollars to, to get her in, in the film, like to put her in where it looked like she was actually in the film, but they were like, it was worth it. We need to get rid of this guy, put her in. And so I'm glad they, I'm glad they went through with it. It, it felt almost like, and I, this sounds like a backhanded compliment or something, but I don't mean it that way. It, it felt like her part was like a good SNL sketch, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like, like yeah. Kristen, Kristen Wiig or, you know, someone like that playing a role like that. That's but, sort of like, Oh no, you don't need to tell me any of the risks. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but yeah, but it, it, it worked and I really oh, liked yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, like I love the way, yeah, the way she just reacted to things differently than other, like, it just, yeah, it was refreshing. It was like, it was like she knew what movie she was in. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that's how you turn this stuff on its ear. Like, that's how you, that's how you make this stuff work, is you see it for what it is, and you just find how your character, your role contributes in it, and you go in all the way. Um, I will say, I don't want to, this is my, I don't want to go down this rabbit, maybe just yet, but I will say the only one disappointing thing, and it's not necessarily her fault, but like the very end, that trope of like the helicopter Uh, leaving, but coming back, it like made this attempt to like give her some character thing that's just never existed before. But you also, yeah, and not not only did we never get any inkling that she needed to wrestle with her conscience about yeah. this. Yeah. We also didn't see her wrestle with it. Yeah. Exactly. No. Both of those. Yeah. So she's like not there. It's and then she's yeah. there. And she's like, "Oh, I had a real yeah. crisis of faith here." But well, yep. Where? And it it really felt like a lot of this moon this is going down a whole thing, but there are so many tropes of these genres but that failed miser- that like it was put yeah. in because that's what you do in these genres. Oh, let's but do they it. did them poorly. They did them all so they just failed miserably. It was just awful. Uh, yeah. Let's go down, go down the rabbit hole. Let's do it. Cause I, I'm not, <laughs> not interested in being clean with the, with the linear uh, storytelling of this episode because well, the exactly. movie was messy. Yeah. It doesn't deserve a clean episode either. <laughs> so if he can get messy, so can we. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Just let me know when we're going to talk about the opening montage because I took so many notes from 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 the opening scene through the ending of the opening credits, um, which yeah, is a shame because the people said that's the that's the most beautiful part of the movie. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Oh man, yeah. Let's start hit there. Us we with just a trope, of... Say what? I was going to say hit us with a trope. Oh man. Well, just I mean. All these things that in in the movie they're supposed to serve like a certain purpose. So, for instance, the you know in the film like uh, and again all these names I'm not going to get any of the names, but you find out um, uh, the <laughs> the security guard that like is going with him Garrett. Is his name Garrett Dillahunt? I think this is I'm uh, the guy, I'm the guy I, who I, yeah the guy who the was guy there who just works to, for uh, dollar store Ken Watanabe exactly. And you find out that the main purpose is to you know get get a zombie he doesn't care about the money wants to get the zombie and someone does that whole switch out of the zombie head in the in the back you know that's kind of like the whole purpose of that is for the person to be successful like to successfully get to where he needs to go but he literally like leaves a building and look like and then (laughs) dies. you know dies right it just felt like they just put it in there to do like some sort of uh, cheap sort of like hey this is what happens in these films but there was no he wasn't hadn't been successful yet. He wasn't. I don't know. It just felt like he was gonna die anyways. It didn't even matter if he even looked in the bag because he was eaten by a tiger. 
I don't know. It's yeah. Tropes like that, that are supposed to serve a purpose, but didn't even get far enough to serve the, the purpose that they were right. That most movies give them. It just, it felt like, Oh, we just had to do that. We got to do a switcheroo and it didn't matter. It was it, pointless. So much of the movie was pointless. When yeah. I, I've got, <clears throat> I've got an, an elementary school analogy for this film. <laughs> um, when I was in second grade, um, we'd go to the cafeteria for lunch and obviously, you know, the school lunches, especially now, as I understand are, are awful and maybe they've always been awful, but we get really excited about certain dishes and, you know, like the big square pizza or, or whatever. And sometimes they'd have like chicken fingers and get really excited about chicken fingers at lunchtime. And so when you go in, you know, you get your tray and you can already see them in the tray before they put them on your tray. You know, you're like, Oh, it's chicken finger day. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> anyway. So, um, sorry. I'm getting, getting something in the throat. You're getting here. emotional. You're getting, I emotional am getting emotional about, about these as chicken we, fingers. As we talk yeah. about it more, it's growing on. <laughs> I'm so connected to this film. <laughs> so I remember sitting down one day, so pumped. It was a chicken finger day. I didn't realize it. I've been into the thing. It was a vegetable stick. <laughs> it was a fried vegetable stick. Oh and I, my feelings were personally hurt by, by this. Like I was so, and that's what this movie is. It's a big uh, vegetable stick parading around as chicken fingers. Like, cause you will see things happen and have things alluded to. Like they enter into the city and they see all these dried up zombie corpses and they're know-it-all magical in a better movie Charlize Theron and Mad Max Fury Road um, character is like, oh, well, you should see these guys. They're all dried out from thirst. They're dehydrated mm. or whatever, and they all died or died again or whatever. And she's like, you should see what happens when it rains. They all come back to life. And I'm like, oh, I is like, I can see it now. Yeah. They're almost yeah. going to get, they're almost going to escape the city and then a storm is going to come and they're going to have to deal with, it. I'm like, that's going to, that's going to look amazing. No, yeah. no, no, nothing happens. That, that nothing happens ever again. Yeah. Or, um, or the, uh, you know, uh, granted it isn't a very brief part of the beginning. So I, I don't know if I, this is a, Huge complaint, but the uh, again, I don't remember the guy's name, but the dude with the really crazy chainsaw thing, yeah, that seems to yeah, only man. exist to kill zombies. Like I've never seen a chainsaw like that. I'm sure. Oh I'm yeah, sure it's a real thing. years of war right there. You yeah, know? and so it's used briefly in the beginning, but he like makes extra effort to like bring it along, and he like kisses, you know, practically is like, he, oh hey baby, you know, he unearths it, yeah. from the ground. Mm -hmm. He pulls oh, it out God. of a 55 yeah. gallon yeah. drum. And literally Why says, you? are you ready to go to work again? Yeah. You know, like, like it's Wyatt Earp unpacking his cult peacemaker before mm -hmm. he goes to the it's, OK Corral and Tombstone. And yeah. he never uses that thing. Yeah. Why did he even bring it with it? And it, no one else used it either. Yeah. Just to yeah. open the, the wall. Yeah. To, to, to cut a hole in a wall. The most boring thing you can do. Cut some drywall. Yeah. It's like, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the least interesting thing you could do with that device, and you, you, it would have probably come in handy against the 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 giant alpha zombie yeah. at oh at the gosh. end. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I'd say so. <laughs> and, and it's funny that you that you you two dive you know dived into those because those were literally the two things where I was about to say yeah, like there were just no payoffs mm -hmm. for the for the setups in this movie, and those were the two things that yeah, I yeah. you. Know, was gonna talk about <laughs> um yeah uh let's see 
All right. Well, let's just start in the beginning now. Let's get back to the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll say again as as well. I don't know. So you know the opening uh, for for all the zombie movies I've seen, I've never seen a reference to zombie origins be Area Fifty One, um, which I thought was neat. Uh, and then immediately that didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the uh, this is just the dumbest opening zombie opening scene I think I've ever seen like they're opening on the stretch of road so there's you know this military convoy that is containing the alpha zombie of course nobody knows that it's all confidential the soldiers themselves don't even know what they have Um, I was actually kind of entertained by the easter egg references and the conversation between the soldiers they made two Indiana Jones references uh, talking about like the uh, the staff of Ra the headpiece of the staff of Ra and the Holy Grail uh, saying, you know, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? Um, and I, I always get a little annoyed in movies when a driver like takes a deep longing stare into the eyes of their passenger. Cause you just know they're about to have an accident, but in <laughs> other TV shows and movies that happens like on a crowded city street or, or, or at an intersection that they run yeah. through. This is one giant long butt piece of highway out in the deserted West. And you can see oncoming traffic, especially at twilight where headlights are on for miles. Yeah. And so head on collisions should really only involve alcohol. Now I can understand why the newlywed couple might've been involved in a collision. I won't go into that too deep, but you know, that, that that uh, the 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 newlywed groom was certainly not at his most attentive driving, but an entire convoy of military uh, drivers, especially Jared. I think you pointed out there was a Humvee in front mm-hmm. of the actual you know package, quote unquote. They just swerved out of the way. Right. Of the way it was the, it was the you had one job crew. <laughs> it's like your your job is to take the impact if you have yeah. to. You know, you're the secret service of this mission. You know? Exactly. You got you got to take the bullet. Yeah. <laughs> they did not. So you know the the thing over um, overturns, and of course you know the door blows open, but you can't see what it's inside and everything. Um, and it didn't even like blow open or blow up. It oh, just kind of like, like fell open. You know. Yeah. We had a we had a latch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the latch came undone. Man, you know, if the hatch from Lost was that hastily put together, like right. I mean, they would have got in there halfway through season one. Yeah. Um. So the one thing that kills me is that. You know, they rate it now. They radio in to base or whatever because they have been talking about how important this package is and they need to take care of it and everything. So eventually, you know, they radio back and they're like, you need to get away now, you know, um, very serious. And <clears throat> the way that the guy receiving the transmission relays that to everybody else. Yeah. It's just like treating it like it's a dead deer in the highway. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just like, uh, no, they they said to get away from it. Let's 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 back up, or whatever. It's cool, whatever. Granted, I know they don't know what it is yet, but the urgency definitely not communicated. Right. And then when this alpha zombie jumps out, the U.S. Army turns into stormtroopers. Right. Like they made such a. Bad- 
I'm just thinking about later in the film when the zombie who was referred to as Zeus, which now makes me think of another Hulk Hogan movie. Um, <laughs> no holds barred. Yeah. And um, finds a helmet to wear. And everybody on this ragtag Ocean's Eleven Gears of War team are headshot experts and can't can't handle him because you know it's bullet the 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 helmet is bulletproof or whatever the u.s army can't get a clear unprotected headshot right on this guy now granted i know they've just been in an accident and stuff but it is so ridiculous and then um i wrote down so you know that the the ending sequence is two of the soldiers you know run off and then they do this ridiculous like laugh scare yeah Right in the middle of them being hunted by the zombie, which is just the just so absurd, like just so so weirdly paced and weird timing. So eventually, you know, they both die and they get converted into zombies. And so it's you know Zeus and these two soldiers. But like, what about all the other soldiers he killed? And I wrote down. I said, "Isn't this movie called Army of the Dead?" Like I was sitting here thinking, like. He has converted all these. I, I'm think I'm trying to think ahead, which I should. I've, I made a cardinal mistake of doing way too many times in this film, of thinking, oh, they could do this with that. That's going to be great. Right. And then I kept dreaming of a better movie. Um, that he was going to like convert all of those soldiers, and then they would have like military tactic gifted zombies or something. Um, and I'm like, okay, I could get behind that. That would be different. But but we didn't go with different in this time. Um, I was just going to say right before the opening credits started, um, <clears throat> right before he kills those last two shoulder soldiers, they're shooting at him again, point blank. And he looks like not young Mike Tyson, but old Mike Tyson, just dodging the bullets. Like he's he's literally just like waving his head around. And it, they don't, you know, for all of the special effects in the movie, they don't give him any like matrix time looking speed or anything, but he's literally just waving his head back and forth. Oh, didn't shoot me in the head. Oh, didn't shoot me in the head. Anyway, just, just how lazily <clears throat> he avoided any kind of attack. And so obviously I know the main villain or horror creature is supposed to be, uh, you know, dominant over everybody else, but boy, oh boy, I think they could have done a better job of executing it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of from the beginning with the, um, with the, with the fall scare where, you know, again, you've just seen the rest of your team get murdered by this thing. And then you, and then one of the two remaining guys falls down and they both have a good laugh over it as they know this thing's still out there hunting them. Um, so that, that kind of, uh, lost me early on. And then, you know, there were just other random, all, all of a sudden, you know, Sean Spicer randomly oh. showing <laughs> up. Um, it, there were just like a little series of things where I, I'm, I'm trying to go into it, you know, with my brain checked out and just to have fun. And, um, you know, we got a few things like early on there where it's just like, what, what is, what are we doing here? Also, like, did anybody feel like, uh, you know, you already got Spicer in the movie and in the refugee camp, they seem to be really like kind of trying to say something. And I'm like, are you trying to make some kind of weird COVID 
social statement here, like how Theo Rossi's character is like bullying and harassing these innocent refugee camp people being like, oh, your temperature's changed just a little bit. We're going to have to lock you down. Right. You know, (laughs) and I'm like, do people really think that's what's going on in the past year? Like, is, is that, is, is, are they trying to, is, is Zach trying to say something like that? Or it does, is he just being an idiot? Like, I don't know. It, it does make you wonder. And especially like, I don't know with, with it being a Netflix movie. It, Cause like Netflix was aiming sort of, I guess to that demographic at one point, like, like Ashton Kutcher was making The Ranch, I think it was called, um, which was a comedy series. And they were just like very straightforward about like, you know, we're, we're appealing to a certain political demographic that gets overlooked. I, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. You'd think Netflix would benefit from everyone having to stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... but- that that probably wasn't like if if Zack Snyder was doing that though it's probably like the Justice League reshoots where he was not like sanctioned to do any certain thing he was just like yeah I, I want to do this so I'm just going to do this you know yeah <laughs> he's out like in his driveway yeah. you know yeah, right. doing, doing reshoots on green screen for something <laughs> <laughs> like he actually did in Justice League right <laughs> um. Oh gosh, what a mess! I'll, I'll uh, say, the, yeah. and the opening, just the opening in general, like this movie again, another Zack Snyder problem. Uh, the the runtime was probably thirty to forty five minutes too long, and it had too long of a setup to get into the city. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. The runtime, it, I mean. Listen, I don't have a problem with long movies. Uh, they don't feel that way when you watch them. Um, um, there was actually an argument going on Twitter today about the Kurosawa film Seven Samurai, like if it was really too long, and is that the reason why people make movies too long now when they shouldn't be or something? You know, like just a bunch of stupid people arguing with each other. But um, but in some cases, uh, more than two to two and a half hours is is worth telling a story that long. And, Sometimes it's really not. This is certainly one of those cases. Um, <clears throat> the opening, the opening credits were like uh, you know kind of interesting. It's set to to Viva Las Vegas. So I, I want to um, talk about the soundtrack of the movie real quick. Um, it annoyed me so much um, because I actually really liked the songs, most of them. Um, you know, the, you, you can't not use Elvis if you're going to be in Vegas somewhere. So, you know, they go with Suspicious Minds and Viva, Viva Las Vegas. They also use The End by The Doors, Bad Moon Rising by uh, Credence Clearwater, and then, this was stupid, but Zombie by The Cranberries at, at, you know, at, at the end. Except none of those songs the, they did they use the versions of the original recording artists or the most popular recording artists. They were all covers by other people. And... They set Bad Moon Rising, which lyrically, and if you're hearing John Fogarty's voice, maybe it works a little bit better, to the scene where everybody is like racking up all their ammo and uncovering all their guns and everything. But instead, it sounds like stinking Alexi Murdoch or Sarah McLaughlin or somebody singing a version of that song. And it seems like, you know, Tim, remember that movie Away We Go? 
when yeah. uh, Alexi Murdoch did the whole scene. It sounded like I was watching that movie. It, it but mm-hmm. but seeing everyone, you know, yep. arm themselves for 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 <laughs> zombie apocalypse, and the songs themselves felt just terribly misplaced to me. I mean, that's that's just me. I mean, I don't know if you guys thought they fit well, but that that took me back to some of the Justice League stuff, like the first time around, mm-hmm. and some of the song choices that were that were made, like they just don't seem to fit well. Um, again, outside of the movie, the songs themselves were fine, but I don't know. It didn't, didn't fit well to me. I, I don't honestly remember it. I think the other stuff, just the, the story or plot or lack thereof at times just distracted me to the point where I just wasn't really paying attention to it. Um, okay. So, um, without going too too hard on the opening montage, I do want to get into one thing, which is, um, I, I, I thought it was, it was neat. Like they showed, like they showed Batista like fighting off zombies and stuff, and it was intercut with him like standing, like getting professional photos done, like he's standing mm. there holding a family photo and the family photo kind of shows you who the, who, whoever the movie's focused on at the moment shows you who they were before this happened basically. And you're seeing who they are now in the midst of the zombie attack, which I thought was actually kind of a neat, you know, uh, it, it was, it was offbeat, but it was a neat, um, storytelling touch, but they focus a good half, maybe, of the opening montage dedicated to a character that we're both introduced to and close the story arc on within the opening montage. Like (laughs) we, we meet her there and then we never see her again after it. And it's just this soccer mom who, who's, you know, turns into an apocalyptic warrior and is separated from her daughter, finds her daughter, and then they'd both die before, Mm -hmm. before we actually get the movie going. Um, which is just so absurd in an ensemble movie that has 12 main characters that all need their own stories told that we spend all that time in the opening credits on a character who we don't even get a name for and get a complete story arc for. I I will say the only thing that could be worse maybe is if there's a character and, and rescuing that character drives the majority of the movie and then you don't show the fate of that character at the end. <laughs> Let's talk about Batista's daughter. The worst daughter in the history of movies. Oh my god. I mean that it's almost like it's almost like taking the line from Invincible of where he's like, I could just have another kid. You know, this is well this is one where it's like Batista should have just been like I could have a kid. <laughs> yeah. That 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 attractive woman professed her love for you inside the city. Like, start over, bro. I'm sorry. Like first of all, I have a real I have a real even before I was a father, I have a real um brisk reaction, abrasive reaction to I mean, are we to presume she was a teenager, 20, 21 maybe? I really can't tell exactly how she talked like a teenager. I can tell you she had the logic of a teenager. I'll say that. Um, Children who act like they're smarter than adults. Mm. 
mm-hmm. especially especially in emergency situations or actual mature situations. Yeah. You know, like walking into a zombie death trap. And so, you know, th- there is a little bit of emotional stake in the in the very sliver beginning of this situation. But, you know, they're all loading up and getting ready to go uh go on this heist and um naturally her name is Kate. <laughs> the 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 patron saint of of all poor decision making in movies yes. and TV. She uh is friends with with one of the refugees and and her two children and um I'm still not entirely sure what was supposed to happen to Gita was her name, right? The the, the friend. I the, I remember zero names, literally zero okay. names for any characters. My brain was just like, no, we're not, yeah. we're not wasting space. So <laughs> her, you know, the, this this uh, you know, um, <clears throat> this dollar store, Charlie's Theron character. She um took her and was supposed to like give her passage to somewhere, and I I don't, I, I still don't exactly was, know. It was, I I think it was, there was some opportunity, like a much lower amount of money, but there was some opportunity to get some money inside the city city that would allow them to buy their way out of the refugee camp, which not not to open up another can of worms just yet. uh, I want to finish your, your point, but I still don't understand why, who these people were and why they were outside of this city and I'll explain more later, but, but back, back to yours. But, but I think that was the point was to get in, to get like a few thousand dollars for her to get her and her kids passage out of the refugee camp, I believe. Okay. So Kate discovers that she doesn't come back. So she is stuck within the walls of the city. Naturally that's upsetting, but you see a team of 12 armed mercenaries led by your father, who is Batista by the way, um, who says, we'll look out for her. We'll see if we can find her. And she stands up in front of him. And is like, no, I'm going. And the way it's, it's not just the defiance, but it's the manner in which she likes. It's almost like the movie tries to tell you that she has the moral high ground. Like I can't, I wish I had written down the line word for word, but she's like, there's a woman in there. She's got two kids who I l- help out by looking after. It's it's kind of like the little she she kind of like reminded me in that moment. It's like of the um I can't remember the name of the statue, but on uh, Wall Street, the little girl standing in front of the bull. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, right. like that's it's like they took that concept and are just like if we kind of wanted to put it into a story, but really not make it any more fleshed out than that statue, this is what it would be. Yeah. Um, and also if the way that you help is looking after those children, why are you trying to go into the death trap yourself and leave no one there Right. to look after the children? Yeah. Also, I should point out right around that time is where they recruit Theo Rossi's character to be a part of the team as well. And this time I was paying close enough attention that he actually said to two refugees who were like running past him, the last bus is leaving. Yeah. So whoever's in the camp is staying in the camp, Um, which is pretty relevant once we get towards the the end of telling the story. Which which makes you wonder then, how was he going to get out of there? Yeah. Well, oh, oh, by helicopter, Jared. 
<laughs> because as you know, it's restricted airspace right. in Vegas, but it's not restricted airspace to leave. That's how restricted airspace works. It's not about being in the airspace. It's about going one direction or the other. But, but, do, but do you see what I mean though? Like, like right. what wasn't he, didn't he say that to them before he knew he was going to be part of, Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because so that's before he was recruited. So if he's telling them to get on, you know, I, yeah, be going. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, maybe he had a car or something. I don't know since he was an officer, but I, I don't, <clears throat> nevertheless. Um, so Batista is, is recruited and, you know, I'm far from the first critic to say this, but the first thing that the the Japanese man recruiting him says is you're going to need a safe cracker. Right. Dude, it's your casino. Why does he need a safe cracker? Right. I mean, and maybe <laughs> we could say because of the, you know, betrayal later on in the movie, like he never intended them to get into the vault or anything. But. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it makes no sense. Like, just no. give him the, the code. Right. So um, I'm I'm going to take a break here after this one thing. Um, <clears throat> and that is the large expositional expl- explanation of how the job is done. And, and um, I'm going to <sighs> take whatever breath I still have left in my respiratory system to, to go off on this thing. So this, I, I, I stopped and rewound this whole speech that he gives to the team where they, you know, show them going through the plan and stuff just to, just so you guys know exactly what was written in this script and exactly how it was delivered. Lovely to have you all gathered today. Here's your target. And he pulls a sheet off and it shows this scale, you know, back to the future size model of the casino, the Vegas Bly. You can't fly into Vegas. It's restricted airspace. So first of all, Vegas is not, they even say later, like it's not apparently a part of the U.S. anymore. So how can it be restricted airspace if they don't govern it? Um or does Zeus decide who flies over them? Like, I mean, come on. So the restricted airspace is stupid to begin. So um, you can't fly into Vegas. It's restricted airspace, but you can fly out. So again, if you can't fly in, why can you fly out? That, and actually that should be reversed. You know, like if they're worried about things getting out of it, you should be able to fly in, but not fly out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. This probably is the actual neither. script, everybody. Probably neither. You should probably shouldn't be able to do either, but uh-huh. it would, yep. the flying mm-hmm. out part is the more, anyway. <laughs> yeah, there is an abandoned rescue helicopter on top of the North Tower, Sodom. R- really, really subtle stuff here. If yeah. you coordinate and communicate, this should be a simple in and out. You will enter the city with a 32-hour window. This is where the Sean Spicer of it all and the... And by the way, I I wish I'd written down this line. I know I'm jumping off to the side for a second. But when they talk about moving the nuclear launch window up because the president said it would look cooler or something like that, (laughs) that felt like a very directed, pointed statement. Right. Um, As is this next line. Um, Whatever zombies are still walking should be no problem for a gang of tough hombres such as yourselves. Nice. Uh, Tough hombres. uh, From there, you move down the strip. 
you'll reach the casino in less than two hours. You go in and find the generator, which by the way, you'd think you'd tell them where the generator is, but whatever. The safe beneath the South Tower Gamora, <clears throat> of course, um, is at the end of a hallway. So this is the part that starts to make me cackle. I'm sitting here thinking like, did they not pay attention to their own movie or has he been lying to them the whole time? And maybe he has, but I don't know. There you'll find several non-lethal deterrents. You'll have to find a way to trigger them, which of course, all three, all three of those deterrents were lethal. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, our fearless pilot slash mechanic fuels the helicopter back. Okay. okay. And I, I have to take a breath because I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed to read this sentence out loud. <laughs> Back at the main door, our safe cracker gets to work. And I'm slowing down because this is how he delivers this line. Like a surgeon or painter, his masterpiece rendered in barely audible clicks. Finally, she succumbs to the sheer dominance of his gentle touch. Wow. I forgot about that line. That's, I, did, I did too. That's awful. Yeah. And then, and then going from that level of fan fiction writing to then all you have to do is load the money on the helicopter and fly off into the sunset. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm just thinking back to maybe a couple of guys we went to college with. I'm like, I'm so like, I feel like some of you guys could have written, <laughs> could have written this script um, yeah. <clears throat> with the the measure of of. Just, just the safe cracking and everything. I'm like, but you own the safe. Yeah. No, <laughs> and, no, yeah. Nothing makes any sense. Uh, oh gosh. It's just awful. He owns the safe. And then as we find out later, the, the actual objective that he needed was, was, was actually very doable right inside the doors. Yeah. With, without any, any, anything, just one person, and access right. into the the Vegas area, and just yeah, I mean it's. But instead, let's get which which is to get a sample of a zombie mm -hmm. to test it and try to weaponize it, yeah. right? Yeah. <clears throat> and so instead, let's kill the one zombie in the city that's going to cause a chain yeah. reaction of anger and retaliation. Yeah, yeah. And and the one thing, and unfortunately, this was you know on on YouTube videos and things, so I feel bad repeating it. I guess we're, we're going to probably repeat some things, but. The idea that he got that zombie like relative, like closer to the exit or to the entrance where they came in, that you know at that point like he was close to the egg. he could have just left. He didn't have yeah. to go back to the team and I, yeah, it just <laughs> there's no oh, it just made no sense. No, none, none. And why <laughs> why couldn't why couldn't that have been done? And, and uh, you know, if if you had sent multiple teams in, which we later learn, how how could if it was that easy, how how could one have not? Yeah, I mean, again, all you would have had to have sent is one guy to yeah. go in, get it, and then literally walk back out. Or here's an idea: fly in with a helicopter. Yeah, and just pick one up. I mean. But, so, so do, do either of you have any theories as to, I, 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 you know, touched on this before, but I, I still don't understand why this refugee camp was there and who these people were, because initially I thought it was refugees from Vegas who they were afraid that maybe during like, they didn't know, like 
how long it takes for people to get infected and they had to keep them there just in case it could be, they could be carriers and it could get delayed, but that can't be really right because people like, you know, Batista were in the middle of all the action helping, you know, seal up the city and get people out and they let them go. So who were these people and why were they, uh, why were they stationed outside of the city? Do we have any idea? My only, but I mean, it's all conjecture because they don't tell you. I mean, I, my, my only thought would be that um, the people who were still there may be too poor to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everyone left with nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, if Batista can go all the way to Barstow or whatever, you know, only to turn around and come back, like, why yeah. anybody yeah. else? I, I, yeah. I and, don't know. And it, and and again, I know we're, I'm thinking too much about this and trying to apply <laughs> sense to it, but it seems like if you've got these rules about air traffic can't come in and stuff like that, one of your first rules would be just people people can't be around there, period. You don't yeah. want to have people running in and out of this place, possibly getting infected and then running off into the desert and finding their way to another city and then spreading the virus. That seems like that would be like... If not rule one A, it would be rule one B. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. Instead, oh, yeah. it's like you know, set up like the camp in the leftovers when they're outside of that tent, where yeah, people are just there on the other side of the fence, and like, right. uh, oh, man, it's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost it's like you know where they see their when they when they actually do get into the safe area later and they see the bodies and they're sort of hypothesizing over um whether or not they could be trapped in a time loop you know it's what if what if every scene of a Zack Snyder movie like this is from a different timeline <laughs> and so we're thinking that it doesn't make sense but in reality Zack Snyder's out here playing 4D chess while the rest of us are playing checkers because we're thinking it's a linear timeline movie when in reality we're seeing snippets of multiple timelines. You know, honestly, I would have been so on board for that time loop thing in the hallway. Yeah. Because because like we've – my wife and I, I – I'm sorry to talk about wrestling so much, but I'll, I'll just say like uh, we, we were talking about wrestling earlier tonight and – how how insanely foundationally silly it is as a product and what makes it work is when you completely give yourself over into it like the performers like the best stuff mm-hmm. is the people who who just buy into how ridiculous it is and then it turns back around and it ends up working and this movie was nuts to begin with and like it was always going to have its visuals and stuff but like um yeah, when it went, but the thing is, when it went to the borderline of truly insane, it pulled back, yeah. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. this movie needed to to jump into the insane, mm-hmm. like and and it only like had echoes and whispers of the truly insane, like robot yeah. zombies. Yes, I also need an explanation for for that. Any any guesses there? <laughs> no, no, oh just goodness. just there to to make you wonder. And, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> while we're talking about Snyder's, um, you know, his, his trademark, we can talk about his trademarks here for a second. Um, 
his slow, fast, slow stuff is, is back in full force again, which, uh, mm-hmm. um, I first noticed in 300 all those years ago, but now, uh, he appears to be, he appears to be shooting this in portrait mode on iPhone. Um, <laughs> cause whenever somebody gets right up in the screen, it's like uh, super high def and then everything else in the back is, yeah. is really, uh, blurry. Um, uh, why? I mean, listen, listen, I'm not, and it's totality, like there are moments I'm like, oh, okay, that's neat. But like every, every time, every uh, it's so time. much, mm-hmm. so much, it's, yeah. uh, it's been much. It, it's like, it's almost like someone who's new to <laughs> a field or something and they learn, like it's the first trick they learn yeah. <laughs> and then they just have to use it over and over yeah. because it's the only one they know. Yeah. It's and, like when. George Lucas learned about wipes in the first Star Wars or something. <laughs> yeah. right. yes. Move every right. scene. Like, guys, yes. look what you can do with the depth of folk, you know, this shallow depth. Let's go for it. And they just never back down. Hey, speaking. Oh, go ahead, no, Jared. You, no, 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 you go ahead on it. I was going to say, speaking of characters, like if I can hate on the soccer mom thing a bit for a second again, I would have rather seen a story arc about the zombie queen. Like, how did Zeus pick her? Like, I think it would have been awesome if she had been like Mariah Carey or like, you know, like somebody not, I mean, I'm not picking on Mariah Carey. What I'm trying to say is like an established celebrity who had a Vegas show, Mm -hmm. like, you know, he shows up and he's like, I want a beautiful queen to be like, because, because otherwise she's just a zombie who kind of looks like a stripper. And like, um, um, but, but I would have liked to have seen some sort of weird demented elegance to it because whoever's playing Zeus here. He's trying, you yeah. know, yeah. I'll give him credit. He's trying through all the makeup and like the whole thing where like they have this weird, you know, thing where, you know, she dies, but she was pregnant and oh, yeah. I, cut, aud- I audibly cut. gasped at that. Like it was just, it was, yeah. Did you, did you notice the baby was blue when it came out and it turned pink to show that it was dead? Oh, I didn't catch like, yeah, I remember like it, it was in blue. reverse. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't. And I was just like, did they really just do that? First of all, my, my mouth was hanging open. Yeah. Like, are we really doing, you killed my and, wife and child? Yeah. Like, like now the zombie, the head zombie is Liam Neeson and Taken or something, yeah. you know? And like, he's John Wick or whatever. <laughs> it's like, you kill my wife, that's one thing. But she was pregnant. That's like, <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't kill the zombie tiger. Or else he would have gone <laughs> off. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. Oh, yeah. Goodness. But anyway, um, she seemed more relevant to the plot, is all I'm saying. Like, other than that stupid little exposition right when they walked into the city, like I, I kind of would have like, well, you know what? If you're going to be weird, show yeah. me how this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, what are there's, his rules? You know, there's there's flashbacks to just right. him, like not even attacking. It's like he gets into Vegas and he he like has he's forced to buy a ticket to her show <laughs> and he's just quietly sitting in the audience. Oh this, my goodness, this is incredible. <laughs> he loses all his money at the roulette table and he's walking down on his luck. This is actually a far more nuanced uh, story than we, we just assume that he just came in and wrecked the place. Yeah. But actually like he tried to make a go of it. It's, he, and it's his, zombies. He, and his, he and his two, he and his two buddy minions went there with a dream and they yeah. tried to play by the rules and then you know it just all it you know it just oh, all fell apart goodness. it's like zombie rounders or something you know or zombie <laughs> right. leaving las vegas there's so many 
there's so many things like that that could have just made this a better movie and some of them wouldn't have been um legal due to copyright laws but I, i i was just like while we were sitting here like most of the critiques i have I mean, are either, of course, ones that I had originally, but then I saw backed up in an, you know, in some other um, review or critique of this movie, um, or you know, they. So at the very least, they've they've been talked about and explored. But then, as we're talking through here, then you know, I do have random bits that pop into my head where it was like, what if, what if we get the nuke going off and out in the desert uh, landscape? Then we go to the post credit scene from justice league where it's like, it's, it's Joker and Batman just out in the oh, desert, you know, having a conversation about this. Like this would have, this would have made this such a much better, like, what do you think happened over there? You know? <laughs> I like, I've settled now. I like, I like to think that zombie Zeus met his queen, uh, like the end of the graduate, like she was going to get married to another zombie or something. And he goes to the church and he's like, and, you know, you know, bangs on the window and, uh, they, they run off together oh, to live goodness. in the Olympus. And then, uh, then, uh, then a cover of Simon and Garfunkel's, uh, sound of silence plays because, you know, they don't play the original version. So probably disturbed. This is, um, a, this is a much more interesting movie that, yeah, we're, that you, we're creating on the fly. <sighs> we got to get on this. Um, well, well, you know, apparently this movie is just so successful. that they're going to get follow-ups. We're getting some sort of anime prequel series. I have not seen any of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, can you tell you what? You guys um, find something else that you hate about it? Oh, Uh, I'll I'll look it up and get it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and jump in. Speaking of Zeus and the zombies, one thing I didn't hate uh, was just... I feel like they had a, 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 a... strand of an interesting idea of like this zombie hierarchy you know and like i don't know if it's been a dumb before i haven't seen every zombie movie but it just felt kind of fresh and unique the, the idea that there, there are quick intelligent zombies but also kind of the lumbering like you can kind of have both in one film and i i thought there was something that could have been explored more with that and it yeah man again it didn't happen you know there was None of that, but I thought there could have been an interesting sort of exploration of of what that was. I don't know yeah. any of that, and yeah, nothing. There were it, there it was tons, and I I will just constantly make this reference until I die. Um, but uh, you know, again, it's like if you want to imagine the final season of Game of Thrones, it's all the it's all the setups in this movie that don't ever get paid off. But that's for a Netflix movie that you heard about three weeks ahead of time and that you had no emotional investment to. Mm -hmm. uh, And then and then just transpose that onto the biggest television phenomenon of maybe our at least of the last couple decades that you've invested eight years in. And that was the final season of Game of Thrones. Anyway, yeah. yeah, there, there, yeah, just no, no payoffs to it. Um, and even you know, like we mentioned before, um, the the friend at, at at the end, like this this lady that that Batista's daughter, um, the Batista's daughters went went searching for. She pulls a clover field. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. in the so, sense of going into the to the fray for someone you yeah. have barely any attachment to. 
Right, right. And even at the end where she, she goes off looking for her, you know, how did you, how were, what was your plan to get out of the, there wasn't going to be enough time unless mm-hmm. they just happened to find you yeah. um, to, to, to get her out of there. So what does it matter? But just pushing all that aside at the end, the helicopter crashes, you know, we see, um, you know, Tig's character dies, the alpha zombie dies, um, Batista has been bitten and so he, he dies and then his daughter's there with him, but we, we never see, we, you, you yeah. assume, I guess that she dies. Um, and the bomb goes off in Vegas where her children are right outside the walls. I don't know if they did they maybe they went out on the, the rescue or the rescue bus. The bus. I don't I'm just saying they were still there when he was saying that's the last bus. So, and that, I mean, that, yeah, that might be one more. That probably might be what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> but they now, sure didn't take enough care to show it. Right. Right. And, and it's like <coughs> it would be kind of like, you know, on a level that you care about more. If if you got to the scene in Batman v Superman where Batman goes to save Martha and he's fighting the guy who like had the flamethrower on her or whatever. Yeah. And then you just cut away and she's not mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Did he save Martha <laughs> you or not? Did he save Martha or not? And then you just don't, uh, who cares? <laughs> we're, mo- we're moving on. We're fighting doomsday now. That was like two <laughs> scenes ago. <laughs> so oh, in September, 2020 Netflix announced that they had greenlit two prequels to army of the dead a film and an anime spinoff series to expand the franchise. So the prequel apparently called army of thieves is a film set before the events of army of the dead that follows the character of Dieter during the early stages of the zombie outbreak. Because if any of the 12 characters you want to follow, it's someone who's never fought a zombie. Because he's the one who literally in the big scrum of all the characters says, now, how do you kill a zombie now? Yeah. Yeah. Next. So, so, so it, it just won't. Yeah. So I guess it just won't, even though it'll be in that universe, it just won't be tied to the, the zombies at all. Right. The production, uh, so it'll, it'll just the production be like a of the film. Movie. Yeah. Is, it's already been produced. They're planning to release it this year. Apparently. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Next, the anime the anime style series Army of the Dead Lost Vegas also serves as a prequel and follows several characters during the start of the zombie outbreak. When asked about the series, one of the actresses, oh, Cruz, okay, Cruz, you, you know, the the girl who got shot in the gas tank, um, I think. Or is she the girl who fell in love with Batista? I don't, I don't know. Um, said, you'll get to learn what's Cruz's backstory. How, oh, never mind. Yes, the girl who fell in love with Batista. You'll get to learn what's Cruz's backstory, how she and Batista's character met, what they were doing before. We show it in the movie a little bit that we used to work together. We were war veterans and all of that. But you get to see more of the action, how we were fighting zombies before. I can't reveal much, but it's a lot of fun. I feel like the need to remind everybody this movie was over two and a half hours long or like two and a half hours long and they, they couldn't even reference like any, hardly any of this stuff. Like, but, but we're just going to have properties to explain like everything. So it's, it's, it's going to be a 
prequel movie about maybe the woman who just sort of randomly confessed her love to Batista at the end and then got her head snapped around backwards the next yeah. second. Yeah. I, while I'm assuming the, her how her relationship developed with Batista, while I'm guessing he was still married to his wife. This... These prequels are like the the perfect examples of the meme of you know no one colon and then <laughs> no text no and one. then and then absolutely no one and then Netflix here's here's three prequels to Army of the Dead <laughs> yes and then here we go potential oh, sequel um, this month. Zack Snyder said that the zombie outbreak scene in the film could have been created with alien technology and confirmed that the film did, in fact, feature robot zombies. Oh, geez. Snyder also mentioned the possibility of a sequel multiple times and said in an interview that, quote, I'm knocking on wood right here, but if there was an opportunity for a sequel, we know what, exactly what happens with that. Now, of course, if we were to do a sequel to this, it continues the zombie story. It takes it even further, which, granted, they um, they set up, you know, in the post credit scene of, um, what's his name, Vandero taking the infection to Mexico City. Um so would it be called Day of the Dead or Day of the Army of the Dead? Um, so many that, of those are taken, you know, like I don't like I don't even I thought Army of the Dead was already taken um, yeah. before Dawn of the Day of the Army of the Dead. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a Wayans Brothers parody. It, it's just I, I don't know. I guess I guess Netflix just has money to it, again going back to memes it's like the the little black and white uh old school you know clip of a movie of a kid just throwing money out the window yeah. like netflix apparently yes. just has oodles of money to throw at whatever project comes it's like like use use this to boost the budget of Cobra Kai. (laughs) I mean, not that Cobra Kai isn't good, but just take some more money for that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't need anything else from this. Yeah. Oh man. Universe. You could just give me like, this could be an email. This could be Zach, you know, (laughs) Snyder just emailing out. Okay. Here's what the robot zombies were about. (laughs) (laughs) You just like answer a couple of questions and, and I'm good. Uh, this, this, I mean, again, and, and some of this stuff is like in a different movie, it would be like a big thing that I would get hung up on here. It's like, Oh, this isn't even, this is stupid, but it's like, the least of the problems here. Like, you know, yep. the guy, you know, the guy who gets out of the safe, um, at yep. the end, uh, yeah. how, how does he, I mean, I understand surviving it maybe, but then how, how did you get out of that safe? Uh, well, uh, I'll answer that at least, um, in, uh, I can't remember where I read this, but someone talked about safe design, like having like these sort of fail safe switches for people who get locked on the inside okay. to, to be able to get out. Now he's walking into radioactive fallout. Though, yes. So, right. and I feel like there might be an issue there. 
And I guess he, I guess he didn't get bitten by the alpha. I guess he got bitten by somebody else because, you know, he, those, yeah, well, and, and those turn, you know, the one, when the alpha bites you, you, you turn pretty quickly. Right. Apparently. So he's going to be a stupid zombie. So he's going to be a stupid zombie. So you can't even like bring him back as the new alpha or something. Right. And if he turns fast enough, he could bite everybody on that little private plane and it could crash into a mountain, you know, before they even get to Mexico. And that just ruins your sequel. Anyway. Yeah, I was, and, and he's got the, um, he's got the Omega symbol. Um, so really it doesn't even so make he's dark side. S- well, maybe he's dark side. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this, maybe this is actually an origin story for dark side. I don't know, but <laughs> this that would, that would like, like before I knew that there was going to be, you know, they were continuing on with this. I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, well, in a way, that's kind of cool that they showed that Omega symbol, that Omega branding on him um, at the beginning of the, fo- the film. And then that lets you know he'd be the last one. And so he's going to be we had the alpha and then now he's going to be the Omega. He's going to kill himself to stop the virus from spreading. And then that's going to be, in, be the end of it. But nope, no, it's just a little uh, fun little thing in there, I guess, because <laughs> he's, he's not going to stop it. He's going to, you know, continue on in the next movie. Oh gosh. So, uh, the, the other, one of the other things, well, I'll, I'll throw again, another, another minor gripe here. How are they going to get, the money out with all the people on this little teeny tiny helicopter because yeah. yep. because a couple dozen million dollars is I mean it's not a check you know it's like a giant stack of cash I'm not sure what the yeah. plan was and so yeah not only all that like the weight of it all the but just even the times so like oh now we've got instead of you know a day we've got thirty minutes and they're yeah. still acting like you know. <laughs> They can do it. I don't know. It's just there's right. no, like debate yeah. over how can we pull this off. It's oh man, they they have not thought this through. No, not at all. And you know, I get that. Like, you know, it was a nice touch that they were able to get away with a little bit. You know, from the from the cash cage or whatever. You know, Batista had, you know, kind of tucked away in his pocket or something, which was a right. a nice little bow to wrap on that. But, and I'll say this, you know, again, in praise of Batista, like, I think that's why I hated his daughter so much, too, is how well he, um, <laughs> sorry, just some of this dialogue keeps rushing back to me. Um, so, you know, he's forced his wife they show in a flashback his wife turns and is trying to attack him and his daughter and so he's got her like locked in her room or something and has no choice and has to kill his wife in order to protect his daughter and um he he sells that emotion incredibly well um that was probably the most emotional moment of the movie to me and and i was almost there with his daughter when she had to kill him because like it it was it was this actually kind of annoyingly avoidable, fully avoidable, full circle moment for her because she, the the actress who played her, did a great job of basically recreating 
the grief that he showed when he had to kill her mom. But like leading all up to that, when they're kind of talking about the distance between him and his daughter and stuff with the girl who I guess was crushing on Batista before she died out of nowhere, um, said something to like, you know, like she wouldn't talk to me after it happened. And I wish I could remember exactly what the dialogue was, but they, they were, no, they were arguing with each other and, and, uh, he was like, well, you know, do you want to talk about mom or whatever? And she was just like, I, I, she's like, I, she's like, I needed someone to talk to. And, you know, they really could have done something with that. Like, you know, they were both grieving and they both needed somebody. And I guess, you know, they like, they needed each other. And she, you know, again, all high and mighty, like the movie's trying to make her the moral high ground here saying like, and you never even came to me. And like, in the next sentence, he said, he went to go see her and talk to her and she wouldn't see him. So like, she's being so, you know, like, oh, you were never there for me. And he's like, but I, he didn't even say it like a gotcha moment. Like, it's just bad writing. Like, like, but when I came to see you, you wouldn't see me or something. Like, well, well right. what are you so mad about? Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, it's just, um, oh man, the, the, the emotions are, are, are not the high point of, of this film. Not even close. So, so we also have to discuss yes. one of, I know one of Tim, Tim and my favorite moments and probably yours too is like I already know. Yeah, this is, oh. how, how does the alpha get down from the building and on his horse and outrun the helicopter that has just flown away and beat it back to Olympus? <laughs> uh, well, you know, this is a zombie invasion um is possibly of alien origins <laughs> so so we've heard he, he he's part robot zombie no I'm... part robot alien zombie yes exactly part robot alien zombie it's all no, just an, now. yeah just another gaping hole um of, of plot in this film oh gosh i mean we had to we had to get back to the Olympus because again, stupid Kate had to have a moment where she could kill zombified, uh, Theo Rossi. Yeah. Like they couldn't just let him be shredded when they walked into the city as some kind of sacrifice. They had to have him turn into an alpha so she could get a kill. And like, that was some big, you know, victorious moment for her when she, golly, she didn't even need to be in the movie period, but Anyway, it's not like this movie was lacking in strong female characters. Right. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just awful. <laughs> oh, and that reminds me. To, oh, God, I don't even know if I want to get into it or not, but uh, I don't know. So this one girl, she, how this one girl dies, like they're again all the trappings of what could be a really tense scene. They walk through this room full of hibernating zombies. So, you know, the movie turns into a quiet place and they um, are making their way through and they're, and all of them are equipped with automatic rifles that have flashlights on them. 
I should mention. And but they can't raise them up or have them on because the lights will awaken the zombies. So everybody either has their flashlights off or they are pointed at the ground. And so what they do is they make a pathway through these hibernating zombies with glow sticks that get cracked on the ground. And the others are spaced out a little bit. And this one girl, um, she is the last in line behind the, you know, behind the, the mole of the team, you know, the, the Judas, if you will. Uh, Chambers, I think, is the girl's name. So um, I, I wrote down that cast list earlier, and I haven't even looked at it until now. So Chambers is following him, and he throws a glow stick in the wrong direction, to try to sabotage her and bump one person out, you know, go ahead and get her killed. And um, so she ends up, you know, stuck in a, in a situation and zombies start awakening. Oh, and I also need to mention, they have not yet gotten to the generator or to the helicopter. So they're almost all of them, I think, are wearing a gas tank like a backpack. I should mention almost all of them. And so... <clears throat> stuff goes down, zombies are flying away, and so they all start shooting in the dark at zombies that are nearby. And so you only see like flashes of light when the gun when the guns are going off, which which makes if you're watching a you know a mindless fun zombie movie is an interesting visual. Except when you're shooting in the dark, when there's gas cans all around you, nobody manages to get hit with their gas can, right? So I'm on board with that. That's fine, you know, because you have to put your, you have to, you know, uh, set your suspension of disbelief or whatever. So you're assuming that Chambers is going to die in this room. And then all of a sudden they're all running away and they're like, where is she? I don't know. You know, she was right behind me or whatever. And she busts out of this window, like, you know, like hero style. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh man. And I was like, oh wow, she's a total badass. Like, like mm -hmm. that's, that's like kind of a great moment. And there is so much distance between her and the zombies. And then they just stand and look at her and no, and, and, and I, should, I should mention they're in a lit place now. You know, so they can see everything that's happening and no one is shooting. Yeah. And like, I mean, some people might have been out of, out of ammo just a, just a little bit, but like everybody still had weapons at their disposal. And so she finally gets up and zombies are starting to come around her. And so one is, I think, actually about to wrap his arms around her neck or something. And this Jake Paul looking kid who um, is like her partner or whatever, he, you know, he goes for the hero shot and he goes in slow motion. And I'm like, oh, he's going to headshot that zombie. She's going to save. And he aims for her gas can and shoots her gas can and kills her and like lights up, you know, three or four zombies. Around. <laughs> like, well, that was, wow. What, what a sacrifice yep. way to take one for the team. Chambers like is such that was the the most I don't know, it was the most unnecessary death in the movie, oh, yeah. but considering what she'd just gotten out of to go out yeah. and jump yeah. like that was mind-numbingly infuriating yeah. at that moment. I think that was the moment. I knew the movie was kind of dumb, fun at that point, but at that point, I'm like, oh, we're going for real stupid here, aren't we? Yeah. Well, and 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 also, she she could have bothered to to yell. <laughs> That, that, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, confirmed that guy is a traitor, you know. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, she yeah. didn't say a word, did she? She, she didn't buy it. So just they, they all just let each other down in, in that scene. Yeah. And, and I wonder, like, 
<coughs> I don't know. I, I guess there are more than enough scenes um, where this wouldn't factor in to know that this wasn't really the problem. But some of these things, it's just like, d- d- is it made worse by the fact that they had to, but because all of Chris, is it Chris Elia? Is that his name? All was it was it all filmed with him, and then they had to come back later. So I, I wonder, like, yeah, you know, was was some of that the problem? But then there's you know just other stuff where I'm like, uh. no, this you 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 wouldn't have, this wouldn't have needed to be the problem. This wasn't the problem here for for these things. But yeah. but I do wonder, like, did you just have to cut out some parts with him in it that would have helped? certain things make more sense or what, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Certainly he couldn't have been that vital to the progression of the story. I mean, right. Well, but I I mean, just, you know, like even the shot, just, he was in the shot. Yeah. And they had to cut it for that reason, but I don't know. I'm trying for all the trashing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a little bit generous here at the end and be like, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> I, I would just think that if that was the problem, they could have done more iPhone portrait mode shots to blur yeah. him out or something, you know? Right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that could resolve a few of the issues, but certainly not. Right. <laughs> right. right. Well, um, I'm I'm so tapped out. It this. just goes uh, so, no, that uh, cancel culture is no good. You know, it's just cancel culture is the, that's the real uh, villain of yeah. this film. <laughs> what if like what what if like all of the the things that don't that don't make sense in this movie were just Zack Snyder trying and failing miserably to come up with things to like cover spots where Chris <laughs> Elliot was like, what if like the scene where you get the robot zombie was like where Batista actually turns around and hits him yeah. and shoots him. And they're like, well, how do we cover this? And Zack Snyder's like, well, what if we put like a robot zombie <laughs> over it? <laughs> Chris Delia was actually the zombie baby. He was the zombie baby. Yeah, just every every flaw that's in this movie was because he was in the scene, and Zack was, Snyder was just terrible at coming up with ideas of how, when, how to how to fix this. When the helicopter crashed, he was in every shot with the other woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh God. He actually saved her life, but you know. Yeah, she lives actually, yeah. and so did he. He actually saved the day. That's. Uh, I mean, I problem. wonder. I wonder. You know, was was it something like I don't know. Oh my God. I will say, you know, we joke about the cancel culture joke, but like on the other side of things, I did feel. I do think like one scene was like a little over the top. Heavy handed is when they shot that guy in the, in the leg to you know offer him up as the as the deal, um, which like he he immediately starts crying right. Well, one because he's been shot, but also because he's just a bully who's an who's an idiot. But like his first thing is like I have a mother or whatever, and the girl's like we all have mothers, you, you know, which I thought was actually a pretty clever retort. But then she keeps going, and it turns into like an episode of Law and Order SVU for like thirty yeah. seconds, where it's like you ab- oppress and abuse and victimize, you know. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're we're using a lot of 
CNN words right now, which is not yeah. that I disagree with anything right now, but you're taking me out of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, and it takes a lot to take you out of this horror show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Generally the, the more you can limit speeches, I think the better, but yeah, I think that is just sort of this, this tendency with entertainment is I think they realize part of the audience is looking for this overly verbose dressing down of someone which like works on Twitter sometimes, but in a movie you just kind of want to let the the visuals tell the story and yeah, it just, it just detracts from it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We kind of get that everybody hates him because we saw how he behaved. Right. And now we're going to shoot him without cause. And I think that kind of communicates things. Right. But who am I? Anyway. Um, wow. Well, any, any lingering, um, viral thoughts on army of the dead before, uh, before we try to pack this thing up into a vault. <laughs> I think we, before it succumbs to our, uh, whatever that word was, um, I'm not even going to try to say that again. I already closed my notes. So. <laughs> Before we fly out of the city and nuke it. And yeah, we nuked it. Uh, I think we covered. Yeah, we covered all of my many, many issues with it. I, yeah. I, I, well, I'll say, you know, I think I mentioned to, to you guys offline, like had this been a movie that I just stumbled across on Netflix and didn't know it was Zack Snyder and you know it I would have been like oh yeah that was you know that was a okay Thursday night viewing for a you know free movie that I'm getting what for what I'm paying for with Netflix where I subscribe to Cobra Kai and um Stranger Things and I'm just getting a free yeah that, that was fine um but I think then you know sort of three weeks out or something like that, a month out getting not knowing it was coming and getting these trailers for it and think, and you know, hearing Zack Snyder where you're just coming off of a surprisingly good um, cut of justice league. um, Knowing Batista was in it looking like this could be like a really fun zombie movie. Um, Yeah, that, that was it was it was all the setup beforehand that really made it disappointing for me. I mean, within the movie, I mean, it wouldn't have made the movie any less stupid. But I've been like, oh well, it's you know, it's a Netflix movie, probably a you know, relatively cheap movie, so they weren't going to pay off some of these things that would have cost a lot of money to do the VFX for the dried out zombies coming back to life and all this stuff. So that was, that's really what, if I had just stumbled across it on Netflix, it would have been fine. I would have probably been like, Oh, Hey, you know, I don't know. Well, actually, I don't know if I would have told, I, no, I wouldn't have told anybody else to check this out. Um, but I wouldn't have at least hated on it the way I have. So that was the real problem. Yeah. I think for me too, uh, very, very similarly thought is that, um, <clears throat> We knew who Zack Snyder was a long time ago. 
yeah. uh, in terms of what he is and what he's capable of. And he's not a bad, I mean, he's not a bad filmmaker, uh, but, but he's, he's got his style and that's what it is. Um, you know, I think he really, he got, he got done wrong by Warner brothers, you know, with justice league and, and, and Joss Whedon and, and, and all that stuff. And, Thankfully, because of how all that played out afterwards, he got a measure of redemption with his Justice League. But I feel like people rode the wave of his redemption into hype. And yeah. I don't think he's I, I don't I don't mean this in a mean way, but I, I think he's fine. You know, I don't think he's worthy of hype. Um and so, or at least this kind of hype, like, like when I saw not, not so much you guys, but, but from others and stuff, when this came out, you know, people still riding that justice league wave and like, Oh, army of the dead, like, like, like this is going to be so awesome. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, it could be fun. Saw the trailer. I like, I love, and I didn't say this in the episode. I love, 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 love a good heist movie. It's one of my, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite genre types that and like courtroom dramas and sports movies. Like they, those are, those almost always are bullseye. Yeah targets for me um so i'm like zombie and heist i'd love to see that combination i was very intrigued like kind of on paper with it Mm -hmm. but this is this is typical Zack snyder this 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 is who he is like i mean i think you know snyder's justice league was the sort of diamond in the rough of him and this is kind of his normal (laughs) um and and so uh, I shouldn't be disappointed uh, if anything. I was just like, oh yeah, this this might be more on me than it is on him yeah. uh, for getting a little too excited and unrealistic expectations. Um, it you know, it's like we said at the very beginning is that it should be a mindlessly fun movie, but it's so mindless at times it gets in the way of having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just disappointing because it has all the trappings of, of being a mindlessly fun movie. It's a gr- again, it's a great premise, but, um, anyway, it just, yeah, it, it fell short of the mark for me. And I think 70 for rotten tomatoes is, is highly generous. Yeah. This, this, this is not, a this is a 50 movie. for me. Maybe. Yeah. This is, this is not a better movie than deep blue sea. It is not or hook for that matter. In my opinion, um, yeah. Tim, any anything else for you, man? No, I think. Jeez, I think we. I'm trying to rack my brain, but I feel like we we covered it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know we already talked about it, but even just the oh gosh, just the end. I mean, all the way up to the very. Well, I guess not the very end with the guy getting out of the the safe, but like just the girl who like this whole film had been so concerned for this. I mean, granted her, she just did just kill her dad, but like so concerned for this other woman's like safety, just kind of shoots her dad and just wanders away from the helicopter. Like, don't, don't you, uh, aren't you curious if the person you've been looking for, for, I mean, he's just risked everyone's life for like, just check. I mean, I don't, it was just uh, so much, but that, I mean, I feel like when I bring anything, there's so many of those throughout everything, but Man, yeah. I want I want to say I'm making this up, but I try. So I went to Google um, when I was making notes for this episode today, and when I started typing typing in Army of the Dead, you know, I hit hit enter on Google, and then it gives you like commonly searched questions like underneath it, you know, um, as you're getting to things like the IMDb page, the Wikipedia page, and one of them I think I think one of them said, "Where's Gita?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, exactly. Right. Oh, man. So, yeah, even Google's on our side. 
All right, guys. Well, uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us this week for um, Oceans 11 Days Later. Uh, we'll be back with something else next time. And uh, again, um, Army of the Dead, if you're feeling up for it, if there's nothing else to watch, uh, give it a shot. Um, there are sprinkles of entertaining things there, and there's some things that will make you scratch your head. Uh, it's on Netflix. If you've got a couple hours to spare, um, you can find it there. But um, until then, just keep working on your night cheese. gonna be weird show yeah. me how this happened mm-hmm. you know what are there's, his rules you know there's there's flashbacks to just right. him like not even attacking it's like he gets into vegas and he he like has he's forced to buy a ticket to her show <laughs> and he's just <laughs> quietly sitting in the audience oh, this, oh is my goodness. this is incredible <laughs> he loses all his money at the roulette table and he's walking down on his luck this is actually a far more nuanced uh, story than we we just assume that he just came in and wrecked the place. Yeah, but actually, like he tried to make a go of it. It's, he, it's and zombie. His, <laughs> he, and his, he and his two he and his two buddy minions went there with a dream, and they yeah. tried to play by the rules, and then you know it just all it you know it just oh, all fell apart. Goodness. It's like zombie rounders or something, you know, or zombie <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. <laughs>